Hallelujah. So we have seen the characteristics of the garment of the Lord. And we have also seen some very important qualities that the garment of the Lord brings to the church. And if we had time, we could have shared many more things about the healed people, how they say, what they say sometimes, the first time they see, the first time they walk, like a lunatic, you know, we have only three minutes because of air time on the altar. Because the Lord makes his servant walk like this, and then the glory touch him, then he falls as I was passing. But then the issue is, three to four minutes because of many healed people. And then uh, only later, we have also developed a team that now follows up. Because we found that the glory is also in the village. So if we can go, we can mine it. Yes, because we want as much as possible to magnify the glory of the Lord in this major visitation. You just put cameras at gate one, you write the sick, so all the sick enter through there. The professors of journalism, the senior doctors normally are there, they volunteer by the way. They volunteer. So when the Lord brings revival, he does things himself. Many, many medical doctors, almost 120 senior doctors, 120 doctors were at gate one. Because we also wanted to get some details. If you say that you could not do this, the doctors know the conditions. They can verify, they can interrogate it deeper. And then you see a whole beauty there. We found that the glory was there. And you see now doctors began to appear by themselves. They take leave. They come. When they hear the meetings on, they volunteer now. You find so many doctors testing people, what, writing things, questioning them, and so forth. And we have the recordings of the cameras. And then when they are healed, it is so powerful. But we also found that the glory is in the villages or the towns or their homes. For example, this young man, the lunatic, three to five minutes on TV, you were a lunatic, yes, now you're okay, yes. And you talk well now, yes, what did you see, whatever, just that little thing, so we can go to another. Now, when the follow-up team goes to Kinamba, goes back to his village, then we were shocked. This guy was a total lunatic, and actually his house he poked holes on the wall that he was using, not the main door. And then, that's at night, exactly 3 a.m. exact, he has to escape through the holes. And also, we found out that in the day he enters through the door, but he enters reverse. So he does many things. And so when they were asking him, why were you entering reverse? He said, because up here there's a hole. Those people used to attack me from here. And then, but who, who told you? Why did you enter? He said, did you hear a voice? He said, yes, I had a voice that told me that the spinal cord is too sensitive. That those enemies wanted to strike his spinal cord. That if they strike it, he becomes kiwete, which is a cripple. So we got so much information. We found he had destroyed the house. And then we also found that he had built literally a house on top of a tree. And not just building, but living there also. So then when you look at the person that is healed, and the person, now the village, the glory was there again. And so this is how it is happening in this revival. Because in Kenya now you have villages organized celebration. For example, if a cripple is healed, that village will now organize a special day when they take the cripple to the market. Because there is where the people that know the cripple are. And so you can go there and interview the mother, what they can take you to the doctor there. So it's so powerful. And it's also a way of cleaning up the church. If you do this, you clean up the church. Hallelujah. Make sure when the revival enters, this is what you do. Make sure you always do your things straight. 
things of the Messiah always do them straight, please. Only that, please. If the Lord has not healed anybody, just say, ah, he has not healed anybody, please. Because he is still God. But if the Lord has healed somebody, make sure that for me, I say, if you were with cancer or HIV, whatever the condition, or blood conditions, leukemia, name it, I always say, go back to your own doctor that knows you and has your file. That is where the glory is. Because now, all of a sudden, a patient is asking you, please examine me. A patient, your patient, you know this patient, you have their file. So when the Lord sent me to clean up the church, this is part of the cleaning up the church. And also to correct the doctrinal error. This is part of the whole thing. Hallelujah. Yes, so when you're doing the things of the Lord in these days, always do them straight. Yeah, just do straight. If he has healed one person, just say only one person was healed. That is enough for your whole ministry, the life of your ministry. Because only the Lord heals and he knows when he heals who. Hallelujah. But this faking you see going on is because there is another narrative about gospel in church. But now the doctrinal correction is here. You can never recycle back to the moral decay. Never. You can never hear these things and remain the same. Otherwise you become the first people to do so. Hallelujah. But there are many things about the revival I would want to share with you. It's a beautiful story. It's a wonderful story. It's the story of Jesus. It is correction of the church. Repentance and revival. Renewal. Rehabilitating the image of the church in the eyes of the world. Hallelujah. So I want to move on now with the garment. And I say that this garment represents the wearers. Of course, the garment is the image of the wearer. And then I say, then because it's the image of the wearer, this garment represents the redeemed church. The church that has been redeemed. Because the way he's talking about it, that when they wear it, they enter. Hallelujah. That when they wear it, they enter. Meaning they are redeemed. The delivered church. So can we walk through that path now? A little bit step by step. Let's look at the redeemed church with this garment. The book of Revelation, it describes the redeemed church. Revelation chapter 3, verses 3 to 5. This garment describes the redeemed church. Revelation chapter 3, verses 3 to 5. And he says here, he says, Remember therefore what you have received and heard. Obey it and repent. But if you do not wake up, I will come like a thief. And you will not know at what time I will come to you. Then verse 4. He says, Yet you have a few people in Sardis who have not soiled their clothes. They will walk with me dressed in white for they are worthy. And you know that when the Lord talks about worthy, he means holy. Only holy is worthy to the Lord. Make sure we understand that very clearly. I know sometimes the church has said its own thing. But now I want to make sure that correction is clear here. That only what is holy is worthy to the Lord. And if you hear this, worthy, worthy you are. Essentially, say, holy, holy you are. When they sing that unto the Lord. Yet you have a few people in Sardis who have not soiled their clothes. They will walk with me dressed in white, for they are worthy. He who overcomes, 
will like them be dressed in white. I will never blot out his name from the book of life, but will acknowledge his name before my father and his angels. Hallelujah. So now, when he said, fine linen, bright and clean, was given her to wear. Hallelujah. Fine linen, bright and clean, was given her to wear. So when he said so, now we are seeing very clearly here. Because he says, it describes the redeemed church. Because they really enter. In that celebration of the coming of the Messiah, in the wedding, they enter. He says, blessed are they. They go to the wedding feast. Because they are really the redeemed church. But now, to dig it further for you, you see the description of the redeemed church. He says that like the church in Sardis, who are also dressed in fine linen, bright and clean, white, that white garment you hear described there. But what amazes me here, it opens us up into a whole new area and capability and capacity of this garment. He says, number one, they will be overcomers. That's amazing to me. He's saying that when they dress in that garment, they too like him will be overcomers. Or whoever dresses like them, the few in Sardis, they will be overcomers. And that tells you that that garment has capacity to make the church an overcomer. Overcomer of what? Overcome the sin of this world. In other words, makes you like Jesus. Why? Because the Lord Jesus said, I have overcome the world. So do you understand now? So now, that's another insight we get into this garment, precious people. So now I'm beginning to understand something new here. That now, that garment also describes overcoming, the ability to overcome this world. And we have seen quite a bit of narrative before here that it stops you from willful sin. So really it defeats that, an overcomer. But can I move on now? When you move forward, what does he say? He says, because they wear this garment, now he will not blot out their names from a book. Hallelujah. Now, that is amazing to me. Now this garment has capacity, capacity to put my name in the book of life. Let's see what Moses says here first. Moses says in Exodus 32, 32. Let us see what he says. He says in Exodus 32, 32 here, precious people, he says the following. So Moses went back to the Lord. I'm beginning from 31. So Moses went back to the Lord and said, Oh, what a great sin these people have committed. They have made themselves gods of gold. Verse 32 now. But now, now, please forgive their sin. But if not, then blot me out of the book you have written. Moses, in his interaction with the Lord, the Lord had already shown him the book he had authored up there. So you see Moses saying, if you don't forgive your people here, then please blot out my name from the book you have published up there, which me. The book you have authored up there. God himself, he authored that book. He authors it. He has authored it himself. And now, in this conversation, we see very clearly the Lord Jesus is saying, those who will keep their garments unsoiled, meaning, 
You can lose your garment. That's the first thing that comes out of there. And we are going to look at the losing of the garment very shortly. Don't worry about that. You can easily lose this garment because he's talking about those who have soiled it. And say, however, there are few people who have not soiled, a few. However, if you don't soil, you like them also will walk with the Lord. And then he says, like them whose garments remain white, he will not blot out your name from the book of life. Meaning, this fine linen, bright and clean, was given her to wear, has capacity and power to sustain our names in the book of life. Did you understand that? We begin now a new journey here. So now there is a book authored by the Lord. What is that book? Can I describe a little bit of the book? That book, the book of life, is the following. Can I give the Ugandan example? If anybody comes to Uganda and says they want to practice medicine, you are going to find an organization there of doctors. Maybe it's the Uganda Medical Association, like in Kenya, Kenya Medical Association, whichever the name. But there is going to be an organization there that licenses doctors. Licenses. The same thing if you want to go and practice law in Uganda, or in Kenya, really both, whichever country, even in the U.S. There are those associations, those organizations of that fraternity, of that profession that regulate it, and they license it. And so, if you wanted to go to a doctor in Uganda, you would want to know, is this an authorized doctor? Now, there will be a list of doctors licensed in Uganda. So you can actually find out, probably it's in the web these days, they are accredited. Even in Kenya, these days anyone can search any lawyer or doctor. It's now on the web. Nobody can lie now. Even engineers, by the way, from which school the engineers are not accepted. So whatever, even engineers. So, there is a list of doctors allowed to practice where? In Kampala, in Uganda. So if you want to get one, or you get a name, you want to go to, you can search. Is this person accepted here? If you don't find their name there, you know that they have no license to practice here. Or you can ask questions. But obviously no license. Same thing with the lawyers. In Kenya, there is the Law Society of Kenya. The Law Society of Kenya is charged with that. They license lawyers for practicing. And if you follow very well, you find that these lawyers here, these advocates of the court here, the high court, this is what they do. Every year, the Law Society organizes courses. So there are credit hours you must attend every year. When you attend, it is sticks, you earn credit for the year, and then now you are re-licensed. So, your name is sustained in the list. So, there is a register, a book called the Register of all authorized, licensed lawyers that can practice in Kenya. That can practice in Uganda. Or doctors, whichever the case. So, he's saying that in heaven also, there is a register. There is a register in heaven. That's what he's saying. And that register is like a ledger, a book, that has the list of who? The righteous saints. Can I build it from there? Number two, the citizens of heaven. That's why Moses says, if so, blot my name out. 
just remove it from the people. The book you have published out there. The book you've shown me. You've shown me that book. There is a list also in heaven. There is a book in heaven also that has a list of those people who are qualified citizens to be there. A list of citizens. Meaning the righteous sense. And he's saying here that if you soil your garment, your name like this, to, 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 and blotted out of the list will be blotted out. He's saying that on that list, that book and the list, on that list of citizens of heaven, someone can easily lose their name. And what can cause you lose your name? He's saying to soil your garment. To soil your garment. Oh, that's amazing. That's why he said, fine linen, bright and clean was given her to wear. That's why when the man of God came here, the first thing he asked, ever since you received that garment, have you kept fine linen, bright and clean? Have you kept it clean? Hey! So there is the maintaining of the garment. For the lawyers in Uganda and Kenya, there are courses you have to take to maintain, sustain your name on the list, so that every year is updated. But for heaven, he says, this garment, when you keep it fine linen, bright and clean, that has power to sustain your name on the list. Oh yes. So this garment is not a joke. It has power to now sustain our name. The meaning, we have to be constantly updated. Updated. We have to be updated. Every year. Every now, every moment, we have to keep watching the garment. It is like the lawyers, the doctors, they work. I have to keep watching my name to be there. There are certain things I have to do. But for us, it is this one here now. To sustain the garment of the Lord. So can I ask some question here? Because he said, those who don't do what, he will blot out. Those who make their garments soiled, he will blot out. The, those who keep their garments clean, I will not blot out their names from the list. If now we have found that the list, the book, is authored by God himself, and it, inside it is a list of the names of the righteous saints, and then he said, the citizens of heaven. Then I want to look at the following. Just like I said in the beginning, that a non-blemished sacrifice, non-blemished, in other words, a sacrifice without defect, a perfect sacrifice, that the garment permits us to offer that now before the Lord with our life. Now we can offer that because we are in righteousness. Now we can offer that sacrifice without defect, without blemish. When we have the garment. And I said, in this kind of scholarly pursuit that I'm doing today here, this review. I am now bringing it to you. That we can never understand the gravity of the garment accepting, permitting us. To offer that sacrifice without defect until we see a sacrifice that is blemished. Then the gravity was underscored. In the same thing here now. If this garment has capacity and power to put our names and sustain our names in the list of the book God has authored himself. Then we hear him saying that those who will soil their garments, he will blot out. Then I want to do the following. I want to understand the gravity, the enormity of this garment sustaining our names on the list. But to understand that, 
I want first to understand how about if we don't keep the garment and our names are blotted out? What happens to us? Then I will be able to come back and say, wow, now I really understand the power of this garment. I must now keep it. Have you understood the scholarly pursuit I'm pursuing? Expedition with you? Oh, yes. So that we may go deeper and deeper in the word. That we may revere the salvation of the cross. That you may never joke with it anymore. So now, again, can I repeat this? I'm saying that now we know that the garment has power to keep our names on the list in the book God the Father himself has authored. And God the Father speaks with me by voice. So it's a tremendous thing I'm describing here. It's absolutely enormous. It is a thing that will make or break a church. But listen to this now. So, if the government has that power and capacity to sustain our names on the list, the list of what? Citizens of heaven. The righteous sense. Now look at this. How about if we fail to keep the garment fine linen, bright and clean, and then, as promised, our names are blotted out of the list. What is the consequence so we may appreciate the garment? Once we know the consequence, we'll appreciate the garment. We saw for the sake of the sacrifice, the blemish sacrifice, we saw the wrath of God manifest. When he spoke in wrath, you saw that. When he said, no, I will not accept it from you. And so my name will be feared from the price of the, as if I will judge you until the nations all over the earth will fear me. This kind of conversation. Hallelujah. So then, the small subtopic I want to raise to you, which I've been building, is what happens when your name is blotted out of the list? Then you will fear the garment. In other words, what happens when your name is blotted out or when you lose the citizenship of heaven? In every country, in the U.S., in the Netherlands, you get your citizenship. And then, please sustain that citizenship. Please. Please just keep it. You go into crime, you get a criminal record, you are deported. It is a normal phenomenon. In the U.S., it's the same thing. So I'm asking, how about when our names are in the list of the book of life of the Lamb of God? And then what he said, if you don't keep the garment, if you soil it, I'll blot you out. How about when it's blotted out? Once we see the consequences, then we'll be able to appreciate the importance of sustaining the finest linen, bright and clean, was given her to wear. Hallelujah. So let us look at the consequences of that, precious people. In fact, you can call it losing the citizenship of heaven or name being blotted out. I don't know what you want to write, but whatever you write, top topic. Revelation 13 verse 8, precious people. Revelation 13 verse 8. And it is now the message, it's the bread. You can literally go to your pastor's fellowships, pastors like this, and preach to them. You can tell them that this is the hour of the garment. And then you will make a lot of impact for the Lord. Revelation 13, I'm reading. Revelation 13, I'm reading verse 8. Here I go now. He says the following. All inhabitants of the earth, he's talking about the beast out of the sea, all inhabitants of the earth will worship the beast. All whose names have not been written in the book of life belonging to the lamb that was slain 
at the creation of the world. You ask, do you love Jesus? Yes. Do you love worshiping Jesus? Yes. Okay, now look at this. He says, if you don't sustain fine linen, bright and clean, and your name is blotted out of the Lamb's book of life, he says, you must worship the devil. You become a devil worshiper. And guess what? You like it or not, you must worship it. Because it's commanded for those whose names will not be in the book. Are we beginning to understand now? Step by step, the gravity of this fine linen, its power, its treasure actually. In fact, you can call it the authority of the garment. That's the authority of the garment. It can keep you from willful sin. It can keep your name in this book. It can make you an overcomer. The authority of the garment. In other words, today, the man of God here is championing the authority of righteousness back to the church. The authority of righteousness. The power and authority of righteousness. If you really understand what's going on here, the Lord is actually bringing back and reestablishing the authority of righteousness in the life of the church in Uganda. It is so tremendous what righteousness can do because the garment is righteousness. So now you see that for those whose names will be blotted out for failing to sustain a clean garment, fine linen, bright and clean, was given hard to wear. For failing to sustain that, he says the names will be blotted out and guess what? They will be devil worshippers. I can tell you one thing. The Lord has shown me the earth after the church is taken away. And that's why I'm not spending time to teach you that. Or to share with you that. You don't worry about that. Stay out of that. You just enter on this one. You just prepare. If a voice is announcing, I have seen the Messiah coming. You just prepare and enter and stop many philosophical and human theology questions. Is it pre-tribulation? Is it mid-trib? You forget about human wisdom. You just prepare be righteous and enter. Hallelujah. Of course, the Bible is clear in the book of 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, onward, verse 3 all the way to 7. He speaks very clearly that the man of lawlessness will not be revealed until he that holds him back is taken out of the way. And we know that that is the Holy Spirit. All of us are aware, we are all mature to this, that the Holy Spirit is the one that holds him back. And when the Holy Spirit is taken away, then he will be revealed. That is in the Bible. But all I'm telling you, that I have seen the coming of the Messiah. I have seen the taking of the church, the holy church, the righteous church. And I've seen the earth after the church is taken. But all I can tell you, please don't worry about that. You just focus on entry now. Because if you prepare today, and be righteous today, and then for some reason you die tomorrow, and you are righteous. It's all right. It's all right. Did you understand me? Let me explain it properly. If you prepare well, and you wait for this event, the taking of the church, and then the Messiah comes before you die, it's all right. Because you are ready anyway. Or if you die before he comes, it is still all right, because you are going to heaven. Don't worry about philosophy. The human theology and philosophy that they teach in the colleges. Keep that one away. Now the messenger has come that he has spoken with on this. 
You just prepare, you just prepare and just enter righteousness. But now you can see for yourself what righteousness does. And so we have seen that failure to sustain the finest linen, lino finissimo, finest linen, bright and clean, then even if you love Jesus like what? Devil worshiping. There you go now. I don't want, I guess nobody here wants to worship, no devil here, right? Hallelujah. The second scripture, what happens? What are the consequences? If your name is blotted out, and you know we are sharing this, this consequence here is for failure to sustain the garment. By the way, failure. If you don't keep it fine, lean, and bright and clean, that's why we are sharing the consequence. So the first scripture, right there, Revelation 13, verse 8. Then the next is Revelation 17, verse 8. Can I read it again? The beast which you saw once was, now is not, and will come out of the abyss and go to his destruction. The inhabitants of the earth whose names have not been written in the book of life from the creation of the world will be astonished when they see the beast because he once was, now is not, and yet will come again. Yet will come. Devil worship non-stop. I'm aware also about certain events, major events after the church is taken away, where there is the fatal wounding and so forth. But there is quite a bit of drama after the church is taken. But you don't want to deal with that. He's saying, the key thing we are sharing here, the failure to sustain righteousness. The failure to sustain fine linen, bright and clean, was given her to wear. He's now emphasizing, you will worship the beast. Wow, what a warning. And I said, when I read the consequences, when I read these consequences, then we are able to perceive this authority of the government to keep our names there when we sustain it. Because now I am reading if we don't. And it's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. So, we are now seeing the authority of righteousness. The authority of the garment. We have seen Revelation 13.8, Revelation 17.8. Can we see something else also? Consequences of not keeping the garment. Can we look at it again? And it says, Revelation 20 verse 12. 20 verse 12. This is what it says here. And I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne and books were opened. Look at the way he calls the book of life. He says, another book was opened, which is the book of life. The dead were judged according to what they had done as recorded in the book. There you go now. There is going to be accountability. Mm. We have to be careful. In fact, in other words, you see as if the Lord is saying, for those unto whom the duty to the grace has been assigned. The Lord will watch their duty. How did they do that duty unto the grace? So can we move on now? The book of Revelation 20 verse 15. The same scripture right there. Verse 15, let me see what it says here. If anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire. Again, emphasizing the authority and power of righteousness in the church. That whosoever did not sustain the garment and by consequence failed to sustain their list, 
their name in the list of citizens of heaven. In other words, for that, their names were blotted out, not keeping the garment. He's saying, those that did that, they lose the citizenship of heaven. Oh, fine linen, when the rings are up there, fine linen, bright and clean, was given her to wear. I did not know it was such a profound statement to the church. And he said, and fine linen stands for the righteousness of the saints. I did not know it was such a loaded, they call it loaded statement. Talking about the authority of righteousness in the church. And this is what the U.S. needs now. If there are any agents of spiritual change right now, it is you people. Because you can literally go and change the landscape in the church. You can just begin to preach righteousness. So that means it does not matter who you are here. Today you are being empowered because preachers of righteousness are few. If you choose that you stand up to preach righteousness, God must defend you. He must defend you. He will defend you. I know from experience here. He will defend you because of the hour. And because of the authority of righteousness that I'm administering to the church here. The Lord is looking for workers of righteousness. You are positioned at the verge of a major historic revival. You are positioned. And if you are wise enough to take it, you can go all over as the one preacher of righteousness. They said, this woman always comes here and she does pastor's conferences and she's always saying, repentance. He's saying, righteousness. Without righteousness, we will not enter. This is the hour for righteousness. Righteousness is the authority of the church. The power of the church is righteousness. Righteousness is salvation. Without righteousness, no salvation. Whatever. You can go and do that all over and be known for that. For that. Hallelujah. And the Lord will defend you because of the time. He has to defend you. Because he is now looking for preachers of righteousness who are very few or not there. Look at them. They came from everywhere. They came and they did not know how to do this thing. I said, no. Whosoever comes at this hour, God will defend. The word is defend you. Hallelujah. So now you have seen the authority of righteousness. The failure to observe the consequences thereon. Can we finish with some other consequences? Revelation 21 verse 27. And he says the following again. We are still looking at the consequences of not sustaining your garment. Fine linen, bright and clean was given her to wear. So essentially he's saying that when you pronounce that thing, and that's why I looked at the circumstances around that pronouncement. He said, fine linen, bright and clean was given her to wear. He defines the garment. And then he talks about how she enters into the wedding feast. So really, and the celebration about her in heaven. So really, he even defines the garment and the sustenance of the integrity of the garment. Because it says, bright, which I also described to you here. Meaning can be seen from afar. And clean, meaning not soiled. So this is so powerful because now we are actually looking at the consequences of failing to sustain the garment. Fine linen, bright and clean was given her to wear. The failure to do so. And the consequences are unbelievable. Therefore, asserting gravity to why we should now keep it clean. Do you understand now the paradigm that's pursued here? So can we read further on? Revelation 21, 27. It says, Nothing impure will ever enter it. This is the new Jerusalem. Nothing impure will ever enter it, nor will anyone who does what is shameful or deceitful 
but only those whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life. Now, in this kind of narrative, you can right away see what sustaining your garment clean and keeping your name in the book of life stops you from doing what is shameful, deceitful, and all this. Immoral. Have you understood that now? So actually you can say that a salvation without righteousness is no salvation. And that is where Uganda got it wrong. I'm saying, now it comes out very clearly that if we are going to be preachers of the salvation of Jesus, at the center of that preaching must be righteousness. And that is what he meant, that in those days, I will send a restoration unto the church. To restore this authority. This is the authority of the church. This is the command the church has in the land. That when they see her walk in righteousness, they say, wow, they see from afar also, by the way. That is a person of integrity. Do you see the authority of righteousness? It pulls them. It nullifies this argument going on, which God is which. It now ascertains and affirms and approves and appraises and confirms it and says, Indeed, the Lord Jesus, He is the only Redeemer and the only way to heaven. It affirms. It affirms that. This righteousness. So he's saying, if you say you are a pastor, by the way, I have another teaching which I've not put here that says on righteousness, that says no one is worthy of being called a pastor unless he preaches righteousness. Oh, yes, 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 that is true. Because now, if you are called to prepare our people unto the Lord, okay, then righteousness must be spewed from your tongue every few seconds or so. And in so doing, the church will be able to repent and you will have sensitized them. But that can be done by every and any country. Because God is no respecter of people or nations. He respects what? A heart that is disposed unto him. Hallelujah. He's saying these people whose names are not there, they will not enter New Jerusalem. Oh, it's amazing the power of righteousness. I wish the church knew this earlier. They would have just left everything aside and preached righteousness. If you want food, just ask God to give you food. Yes, or drink, just ask God to give you drink. Or clothes, or uniform, school fees, whatever it is you grapple with rent. But let us just be focused on the work. Did you hear me? Or preparing the church. This is what I told them. They said, no, how do you do like that? How do you preach that? I said, no, don't touch. And to show that my words were serious, I said, don't touch money with your tongue in this ministry. Uh-uh. If money has done what it has done to the church, please, 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 if we are serious people who want to reform the church, I don't care about anything, the wealth and so forth. I'm talking about the church, the kingdom, the entry. If you want to reform that journey in the church, the spiritual landscape, the church, the Christians, the body of Christ, if you're serious, I tell you, righteousness. If you really want to transform the spiritual landscape in the church and stop the scandals you hear, righteousness, please do. And you are the highest calling in the earth. You know that. Yeah, this is the highest office on the earth. This one here. Because now you are trading on things that cannot be purchased. Everybody, the doctors, the what, everybody has to come to you for counsel to enter. Hallelujah. So now you see for yourselves, 
Today's message was really about centralizing the power of righteousness. The authority of righteousness being restored back at the pulpit and in the house. Hallelujah. Righteousness. If there is anything that you went back with, it's called what? Righteousness. That this is the hour for righteousness. Because we are not dealing with perishable things, homes, what, all this. No. Who will carry those to heaven? For us, the calling is higher to prepare everybody in the land to enter. Hallelujah. So you cannot even be found playing politics. You cannot. There's no time. The time is running. And so, let us look at the book of Philippians 4 verse 3. Philippians 4 3. Hallelujah. Remember that John the Baptist has already spoken with me. You are aware. Yes, so this is big. So whatever is being said here has consequence unto the eternity of the church. Philippians 4, 3, precious people. He says, yes, and I ask you, loyal York fellows, help these women who have contended at my side in the cause of the gospel, along with Clement and the rest of the fellow workers whose names are in the book of life. That's okay. But it's just saying that there is also a travail for those whose names are in the book of life. You have to contend with certain issues. That's all right now. So now, I want to move on to the next thing. I want to share with you, since I've already talked now, about the consequences of losing citizenship in heaven. Losing your garment, essentially, or soiling your garment. Now, why? Why do I spend all time the garment? The garment, if you understand now the reason or the message for today, it has been the garment, the garment, the garment, fine linen, bright and clean, was given her. Prepare the garment. Without the garment, you cannot. The authority of the garment, it can sustain your name. If you don't prepare, they'll blot your name. It was about the garment. Why do I spend all my time this way? Now, can I look at the dressing code of heaven? The dressing of heaven. That you may understand why he sent me to really emphasize on this. Revelation 19.14. Revelation 19.14. Hallelujah. Revelation 19.14. The armies of heaven were following him, riding on white horses, dressed in fine linen, white and clean. The heavenly hosts. When they came out with him after the church had been gathered up, now they are coming to Jerusalem. How were they dressed? They were dressed on fine linen, bright and clean, was given them to wear. Wow. Now do you understand why I was spending quite a bit of time on the garment? This is actually the dressing of the citizens of heaven. That's why I was saying, without it, you don't enter. This righteousness that I'm talking about here. In other words, you can say that the kingdom of heaven, by the way, I've seen heaven quite several, including standing before the throne. But listen to this now. Out of that I'm saying, this is the dressing of heaven. I'm saying, even I've seen the church, the church that goes up, for the first time I saw her stand before the throne and worship. And I saw what she's dressed on, which I can share eventually. And you can see that in the same place I was giving the prophecy on the bloodshed coming to Egypt, coming to Libya, coming to Syria, everything you see happening there. In the same prophecy, by the way. But the half part of that dream, I see the church for the first time. I've seen him take the church, but I've never seen the church in heaven. 
That was the first time, that 29th of July, 2009, the first time I saw the church standing before the throne and worshiping the Lord. I think that's important. This is the point to share it. Listen to this now. I was traveling for a huge revival in Venezuela before Venezuela disobeyed me and saw my judgment, says the Lord. This time I even went across stadium to stadium, city to city. Cripples abandoning wheelchairs, big revival people. It was big. It was so big. So I was traveling to Venezuela for that revival. Prepared in all stadiums. El Tigre, where, where, everywhere. The government is involved. Now look at this now. I'm at the floor of the airport in Johannesburg. My bag is my pillow. And I'm sleeping there because we are waiting for the flight next morning to cross the ocean. And you know there's a lot of noise announcement at that floor. Be careful, your bag will go and emit everything. So now, in the midst of that announcement, the Lord came right there to speak with me on the floor there. I'm talking about the floor, the cement of the airport. The cement of the airport, the bag is the pillow. And people are walking by saying, wow, is this the man of God? I'm shocked. I could hear them. I could hear them. He came and spoke with me right there on that floor. Busy, busy people passing. That's where the prophecy of this bloodshed you see up here, the Arab world, was given from. That 29th of July, 2009. I was on the floor to cross the ocean the next day. But in that conversation, anyhow, the first part is that one. And then another part is now when I see finally the church. That's the first time I saw the church when she has entered. And it was amazing to me because she was really standing at the throne. And I didn't, I don't know for whichever reason, I did not know a few things. I used to hear about the glorious body, but I don't know why I assumed that that was the garment. No. There is the glorious body and the glorious garment. I want to bring that to you now. Can we share a bit of some secrets here? And so, but the garment they were wearing were long up to down and flowed a bit. Flowed. It's called the train of the garment. The train. The train of the garment. Now look at this now. The way they were standing before the throne, the way they are standing before the throne, and they were lifting their hands up, the most beautiful worship I have ever heard until today. And they were worshipping in unison. Look this now. All their hands, if they went on one side, they all went together on one side like this. And then they came back. It was very beautiful sight to behold. Listen to this now. But from where the Lord had lifted me up, I've seen the Lord take the church. But that was the first time to see the church inside heaven. Follow this now. Whenever they went like this, like this, and they changed direction like this, their garments gave flashes like thousands of camera flashes, the glory. So today when I was describing here, bright must be seen from far. It was like thousands of those coming from all over their bodies as they changed the garment like this. So it was almost blinding. There is a real garment. A glorious garment. And on that day, it must glow. Hallelujah. So, I have seen the garment, actually. I use it, and I use the conversation with John the Baptist also on the garment. Because of what happens, the transfiguration that happens there, at that conversation. But now, there is a garment. So, why garment? 
garment, righteousness, fine linen, bright and clean, keep it clean. The authority has power, sustains your name. Why? Because of this now. He says, when you look at one group of citizens, one class of citizens of heaven, he says, Revelation 19.14, he says, and the hosts, the armies of heaven, were coming with the Messiah. And when he checked their blessing, this is what they wore. This is what they wore. You are going to understand why you must wear it. Up there, nobody's wearing anything else. Again, let us look at uh, Revelation chapter 6, 11. Revelation 6, 11. Hallelujah. Revelation 6, 11. He says, Then each of them was given a white robe, and they were told to wait a little longer until the number of their fellow servants and brothers who were to be killed as they had been was completed. This is the bedtime. This is the heat of the great tribulation, this one here. And I told you, please, you just enter now. Prepare it. Here, he says, whosoever will try to worship the Messiah will be what? Beheaded. The word is beheaded, meaning it must be fulfilled. It is in the Bible. Now, these are the ones who have been beheaded. And when they were asking that they want to enter, they said, no, please, you are about to enter, but hold on for the number. For your other servants who must be beheaded. But as you see this group of citizens about to enter heaven, what are they wearing? Fine linen, bright and clean, was given her to wear. Another group of citizens. Do you understand why I shout about the fine linen? Every one of them in heaven, all the groups of citizens of heaven I'm looking at, are wearing righteousness. Fine linen, bright and clean. Can we move on now? The next one is Acts chapter 1, verses 10 to 11. Acts chapter 1, 10 to 11. I can start from verse 10, just to give you a contextual perspective. He says, They were looking intently up into the sky as he was going. Then suddenly, two men dressed in white, and I told you I know very much more that I don't share with people about those two men in white. Hallelujah. The time for maturity has come. In the church, the bride will have to be mature. Verse 9, let me start from 9. After he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes, and the cloud hid him from their sight. They were looking intently up into the sky as he was going, when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them. Men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking into the sky? In other words, why the perplexity? Why the perplexity, the embosomment, the shock, the puzzle? You see, this same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will be back. He will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. Verse 10. They were looking intently into the sky as he was going when suddenly two men dressed in what? White. Fine linen. Bright and clean was given them to wear. That's another group of citizens of heaven. Another group. Wow. So it is soon going to occur to you that this garment is a must. Very soon you are going to understand why he sends me to go to the whole world and preach righteousness. Whole world. 
Because without which, there is even no salvation. Hallelujah. Can we read at another group of citizens of heaven? Revelation chapter 7 verse 9. Revelation 7 9. What an awesome moment with the church. Hallelujah. Amen. Now I'm reading Revelation chapter 7 verse 9. This is what it says. The subtitle says, The great multitude in white robes. This is so big. He now says here, After this I looked, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count from every nation, tribe, and people, and language standing before the throne and in front of the Lamb. They were wearing white robes. They were wearing fine linen, bright and clean, was given them to wear. Hallelujah. So now you know that if you are really a pastor at this hour going to preach, there is no gospel to preach other than righteousness. And let me tell you, when you preach righteousness, the Lord will help your church. It's amazing. The Lord will see. He sees and then he says, hey, they have chosen righteousness. Let me run and defend them. You compel the Lord. I was once talking to students at the university, the public lecture, and then I told them, at this time there is so much sin in the student community. Abortions, name it, everything. And I said, if any one of you ever dare choose righteousness now in the university, I told them, you force God, you compel him to defend you. You force him. Because he has to fulfill his word. Because they are not there. Righteous people are not there. So when you choose it, you force him, you compel him to stand up for you. So that anything you touch must blossom now. Because it's now about his name. Now I have shown you the different classes of citizens of heaven. And you can see that there is no other garment they are wearing. Other fine linen, bright and clean, was given them to wear. I thank God to send me to you. Because these are real gains we are making into the church. Real gains, these ones. Because you can literally go and commend the church in the country in this direction. You can commend the nation in that direction. Hallelujah. Thank you, precious people. I want to end here and ask that if there is anybody that feels he has been touched and that he would like to return to the Lord, to be ready for that rapture, repeat this prayer with me. Say, precious Jesus, I surrender my life to you and repent of all sin and recognize the powerful work that Jesus did on the cross at Calvary. And I ask you, Lord, to wash me with the powerful blood of Jesus and set me free from sin. I receive you, Jesus, into my heart as my Lord and Savior. Please establish holiness in my salvation. And let righteousness be the hallmark, the standard, the indicator of my salvation. That I may see the glorious kingdom of God. Eternity of peace with God. 
the mighty name of Jesus, I am born again. Amen. Amen.